welcome to Story Pairings, a show about three millennial readers who also happen to be best friends. From dark and twisty to warm and cozy, we're covering every genre with zero filter. Each week, we're recommending our favorite reads and a pairing that will help you feel immersed in the story. I miss you. I miss you Good too. to see your face again. We did Literally. this a week ago. Oh my God, a whole week ago? That we FaceTimed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was last Thursday. We've had a snowstorm <laughs> since then. We've had ice all week and I've been home for like days. That's insane because it's been like 55 in New York. It's cold today, but like, yeah, my mom texted me and was like, how are you doing? And I was like, fine. How are you doing? <laughs> and she was like, have you not been paying attention to the news? Like Texas is under snow and ice. And I'm like, oh. That sucks. <laughs> Has nothing to do with me. <laughs> yeah, it's 60 degrees out here. I'm looking at the sunshine. Um, okay, so do you want to do like one book per category? Yes, but let's That'll... start with um, do you have a latest obsession to share? I do have a latest obsession to share. My latest obsession is um these diamond huggy earrings. These wow, little hoops. Yeah. And it's not a hot take, right? The little, the little tiny huggies have been in for a while, but I've been wanting them. I haven't really like pulled the trigger and gotten any. And then I was with a friend, I guess around the holidays when I was back at home in Houston and I was with a friend and I was looking at her earrings, these, and I said, oh my goodness, those are the best ones I've seen. They're adorable. How much are they? And I'm like in my head gearing up to being like, I'm about to spend $300 on a pair of earrings, you know? And she was like, I got them on Amazon, $17. And I have gotten so many comments and compliments from strangers on the train, strangers in the elevator, coworkers, friends that are like, your earrings are so like luxurious. They're so pretty. I mean, look at them. They are so pretty. You're going to have to give us the link, girl. been wearing them for probably about three or four weeks now, and I haven't gotten some, like, weird growth. So they're legit good earrings, good metal. Um, let me see if I can find it. So that's been my latest obsession. I wear these with everything. I haven't worn any other piece of jewelry, and um, all my other earrings are just sitting in the little dish, like, please pick me. Well, you should tell them be better. Don't give me a weird growth. (laughs) The perfect everyday earring, according to Alex. We will link it up in the show notes and probably share it on the Instagrams as well. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just give the people a link. Make it easy. This is becoming a fashion podcast. Um, Quickly, (laughs) making my reels last week, I was like, okay, I don't want any of this audio that's like, here's my coffee. And here's my book. I want better audio for Bookstagram. Bookstagram, don't you want better for yourself? Aren't you tired of seeing the same five titles and hearing the same five clips of audio over and over? I know I am. Um, All right. What's your latest obsession? All right. So um, I got the Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets Goal Planner for 2023. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it because you told me about it. I think I talked about it on a unreleased episode of Story Bearings. Top secret. One day we'll have a Patreon or something and maybe that episode will come to light. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it is on sale right now because the year has started. So if you're looking into this, like now is the time to do it. They're $44 right now. I have the leatherette. Um, it's like a just neutral nude leather cover spiral bound so you can flip it open keep it on your desk it's got monthly calendar sheets so I can jot down like important dates throughout the month and then it also has a tending list so once a week you're kind of supposed to go through this um or I guess really at the start of the month you figure out what you want to be tracking so you can track monthly uh goals weekly goals and then daily habits as well and it's really great because it tries to get you to focus in on what matters the most instead of just like, oh, I should drink more water every day. Well, does that actually matter to you or is that something that people are just telling you you should do? Like, so it has a lot of really good prompts and questions of like, what's going to matter this time next year that you actually did? Mm -hmm. um, so I really liked it. It's only been a month. I need to sit down and do my like reflections from January and kind of brainstorm my February so I'll do that this weekend and it comes with lots of fun stickers and like has wild card sheets which one of them is for seasonal fun which like I usually have a note in my phone of things that I want to do so like for the winter Super Bowl party Valentine's Day date like those kinds of things um yeah so it's been really fun I love a good goal planning system I love a planner. I haven't gotten a planner for 2023 yet. I'm probably going to hit you up for that link when the show is over. <laughs> Maybe I can get a code. Probably yeah, not. Yeah, give though. me a code. Kimberly 15 for 15% off. Girl, it'd be, it'd be like Kimberly 10. Then I'll start you with a 15. <laughs> oh, man. I would say that's like one of the things that bonded us pretty early on was like baton twirling reading and goal planning like we would text each other our goals for the day or the week or whatever so oh I forgot about that we did that for years and years like our top three every Sunday night mm -hmm. we should do that again we should yeah let's bring it back all right um you want to talk books or are you obsessed with anything else right now I'm not obsessed do you want to what? start I'll let you start what have you read recently Okay. As you know, I plan all my reading for the year <laughs> in advance. And so I've been trying to like complete reading all of the novels by authors that I love. And so two of those authors are Sophie Kinsella and Meg Cabot. Um, and so I am calling February I Love Love Month, <laughs> all the rom-com kind of like chick flick books. And then March is going to be Sophie Kinsella Spring, where I just try to finish reading all of her books. <laughs> that are like backlist um but so along those lines recently I read The Boy Next Door by Meg Cabot it's an old series it's just called The Boy series because all of the titles have the word boy in them but um they came out in the early 2000s or maybe the late 90s honestly I'm not sure Ooh, I'm pulling it up it's so good it's like email was new <laughs> And they are epistolary novels. And so the whole thing is told via email. Like you never get the characters talking directly to each other or directly to you, the reader. It is all via email. <laughs> and um, so it's just like really strong Y2K vibes. Like they 
are talking about technology in the funniest way where it's just like, hey, get off the internet. Um, I've got to make a phone call kind of a vibe. Mm, mm-hmm. um, people will call each other and they leave their like office number. But if it's after five, call this number at home. It's wild. Um, and it's just so of the moment too, because I feel like Gen Z is trying to bring bring back like the early 2000 vibes but they didn't live it and they don't understand it (laughs) and this is like a period piece it's almost like historical (laughs) fiction now (laughs) you go back and read it and even like things like the way they're talking about weight loss is Mm. so early 2000s it's like oh carbs and it explains so much about why we are the way we are and the like way that we think is because we grew up in this time and so it was so fun to revisit it um but if you look it up on goodreads even the synopsis on goodreads is written as an email that's what i was about to say i'm looking at it right now and um like meg cabot just does such a good job of carrying through these like jokes that are like callbacks and so one of the characters that you meet in the first novel, The Boy Next Door, um, she kind of becomes like a central character in the second book. So that's how all the books tie in together. But they're telling the stories of different people all at the New York Journal. That's kind of what like is uniting the story. I would not recommend listening to this on audio. I started to because it came through that way quicker on Libby. But because it is all via email, you will hear the like, to so-and-so at gmail oh like over and over again it's horrible so just read it (laughs) that would drive me nuts it is bad especially like one person is in hr and so the end of her emails always end with like a boilerplate statement that's like if you have received this email in error like Mm. so annoying okay so we're following um mel fuller she is the gossip columnist and she covers celebrity news at the New York Journal. And when we meet her, she is like getting in trouble with HR for always being tardy. Um, she is obsessed with Winona Ryder. The celebrity like piece of it is also really fun to look back on because it's like Mariah Carey and all these celebrities mm-hmm. that are married at the time and the book was written and now they're not. <laughs> or like things have just changed and you're like, oh yeah, they were famous for that. So that's really fun to see. Um, she basically walks across the hall very beginning of the book she notices that her elderly neighbor is um behaving differently than usual she enters the apartment and finds that her neighbor has been assaulted and um so this is a manhattan novel so it's very manhattan in the early 2000s and so this young single girl she sees that this happens she has to stay with her neighbor call the police um so as you're getting into the book she has all these tardies from HR and she's explaining to her boss like I was late because (laughs) my neighbor almost died what did you want me to do and um so as the story unfolds you see how um someone moves in across the hall to take care of things and they're not representing themselves accurately they're fibbing about some things and so a romance starts to unfold and um you as the reader kind of knows what what is happening and you can see the train wreck coming um but it's very it's very fun and it's very early 2000s rom-com and so my pairing for this was how to lose a guy in 10 days because that movie is also about two reporters this book is about two reporters 
And mm-hmm. it's also about people that are misrepresenting themselves and lying a little bit to mm-hmm. manipulate situations. And it's also very early 2000s. And so it's like the perfect combination um, to just really get you in the mood to put on your low rise jeans and your oh. layered tank tops. God, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I just had a shiver. <laughs> it sounds so cute and you sound very excited about it it was cute it's fun and um it's like almost a good just breezy palette cleanser if you've been reading a lot of heavy things this book is not going to demand a lot of your attention a lot of your Mm. emotional capacity like you can just kind of breeze through it and it's fun that's great how many books has meg cabot published or released So she uh, originally published under the name Patricia Cabot, a bunch of romance Mm. novels. And then Mm. she dove into this world of kind of like chick lit. So there was the boy series, the Heather Wells series, and those are all really funny. And then she got into YA with like Princess Diaries and uh, like all of those. Mm -hmm. Teen Idol, I don't remember, Avalon High, like so many of those. So that's when we were in like high school is when I found out about her because I was reading all of her YA and now she even has some children's books so she has like literally done it all she really has I'm on her website right now it's just never ending oh all American girl do you remember that one yes (gasps) I have that one Uh, I was obsessed with that book in the second one what was it called ready or not ready or not which was like about sex Ooh, Ooh. so bold but yeah and uh the princess diaries three movie is in the works and there's uh, another book in that series coming out called quarantine princess oh okay she's still oh in the mediator series i just read a novella i had missed in the mediator series and i mean that was better when i was like a teenager but she did every kind of paranormal relationship that you could have except for vampires which I really admire because there was a time in her career that probably would have been super lucrative, but she uh, did like yeah. uh ghost Hades and Persephone. She did. What else? I do like that series. Uh, Abandoned. Yes. Hades and Persephone's. I, I do really like that one. Yeah. She did like, Oh, pretty much. Oh, body swapping. Like mm-hmm. the airhead series was body swapping. <laughs> Jinx was about witches. Insatiable wasn't about vampires, right? Maybe it was. Yes, it was. Okay, she's done every oh. paranormal like trope ever. She's done it all. It's amazing. No, I'm a big Meg Cabot fan for sure. We just grew up with her. Okay, right. so you tell me what you've recently read. Okay. So I think I told you at the end of last year that I wanted to embark on the um, very bold and ambitious undertaking of reading all of Jennifer L. Armentrout's um, uh, catalog. Uh, She's released 66 books. And um, for those of you that don't know, where have you been? But also JLA is the author of the series from Blood and Ash, which has really been kind of um, very popular the past couple of years. But she has been in the game for a long time. She's written a lot of books. Um, I'd read a couple like back in college, I think, but um, I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm 
really caught up on all of the things that I've wanted to read. And now I kind of have some dead space before um, new releases are coming out this year. And so I am just, I just set the goal and I want to read her books. So recently I read her Lux series. Um, the first book in that series is called Obsidian. It is a paranormal YA romance about aliens. Heck yeah. So I feel like, uh, remember that meme a few years ago of the guy on the Discovery Channel where he's like, <laughs> aliens. <laughs> yes, and that is exactly what I pictured when you said it. Yeah, <laughs> just hear me out. <laughs> I'm ready. I love that we just talked about like every kind of paranormal. Why I know, I know. And then you're like, here's the one we didn't talk about. Aliens. Um. All right, so so JLA's done it all too. Like from Blood and Ash is arguably a vampire well werewolves novel, even though they're different creatures and they don't follow the typical vampire werewolf lore. Like they're she's kind of created a new, I don't know, species or you know, kind of a new twist on it. Um, but in the past she's done Fae, she's done demons, she's done aliens. Um, so this is a YA novel um it's enemies to lovers force proximity the force proximity is while they're enemies so you know the main character her name is Kat she'll be like oh he's so infuriating but he's so hot you know and teen angst going on yes a lot of that teen angst and then he'll like move her hair behind her ear while he thinks she's sleeping and she wakes up the next day and is like was it all a dream or did that actually happen (laughs) and he's only like really being mean to her because he's trying to protect her it is very 2010 (laughs) ya and i freaking love it it is so good um so cat is a human girl she's i think a junior or senior in high school and her mom moves her to West Virginia and so as 16 17 year olds do they are gripey about moving towns and she's in like this small town and then her neighbor is this super hot but super surly Damon and there's something off about Damon you know he doesn't seem quite right he's 18 but he acts like he's 25 and he's kind of a bad boy well, it turns out it's because he's an alien. <laughs> Ooh, oh, my God. Okay. All right. Um, so. <laughs> you can keep going. I'm, I think I've got the giggles now. I'm not going to stop. Well, when you laugh, I laugh. Okay. So, <laughs> of course, nobody knows that he's an alien. He and his sister. And there's these other kids that are also aliens so the only way to blend in is of course to go to high school with other just mere mortals which I've always I've never understood that because if I was a paranormal creature with all of these powers and all of this money I would not choose to go to high school college at least geez oh man so um I guess I think Anyways. it's easier than getting a job and like paying taxes. I I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Um 
Where was I? Oh, yes. So as an alien, he has these powers. And one of them, it, like one night, Cat almost gets hit by a truck. And he slows down time to stop the truck from hitting her. And so then, of course, she knows that something's up. But unfortunately, whenever he used this magic in front of her, it kind of marked her. Um, so she has like residue of magic on her almost. And um, these alien, they're called Luxon. It's the Lux series. The Luxon have um, these enemies that have followed them to Earth. And now she's lit up like a Christmas tree. And so she's going to lead these enemies to this um, collection of Luxon that have settled in West Virginia and are going to the local high school. So this is where the first proximity comes in. He's like, oh, well, now I have to, you know, keep an eye on you. You're not safe if you're not with me. And, um, you know, it just kind of goes from there. It's 2010 YA. You can imagine kind of, you know, there's a little battle scene and then they become lovers. And then there's, you know, some something that comes up to make her like turn her back. And then she gets captured and he thinks she's just not answering her calls. Oh, it's amazing. Um, which I love JLA's writing. I think she's just a great writer. It's very interesting. Um, she's really just like a queen of that enemies to lovers arc and the angst. Um, anyway, so I really enjoyed this one. I was reading it over the holidays. So there's five books in the series. I mean, they're good sized novels, like 300 pages, maybe each, um, five books in the series. There's an alternate POV book and then one prequel um so I was I was knocking these out over the holidays so like while there's a cafeteria scene where they're eating like square pizza on plastic trays I was in my hometown which just gave me a shiver because I could feel it <laughs> I feel the high school remnants uh, yes exactly I could taste that pizza Ooh. so I ended up pairing this with kind of my high school nostalgia I was in my old bedroom uh, I was listening to like the old bands that I would have listened to in high school wearing my old band t-shirts that sort of thing um, because the year that this was released I want to say it was 2010 2011 so we were in high school we were that age yep. and it really took me back but um, this is a really good book it's fun to read it has action you can't see it coming but it also just has that really delicious nostalgia to it that makes you feel like you're in high school and have that angst as well and I mean plus there's aliens so what more could you want honestly okay so it sounds like this book would have been more successful if it wasn't coming out in the same era as Twilight Hunger Games and uh Divergent mm-hmm because people were getting so much of that, like, dystopian or paranormal or, like, high school angsty, blah, blah, blah. Like, if it had come out a couple years earlier, it probably would have been the twilight of the time. Because, yeah, that, like, mm -hmm. angstiness is what made all of those books so good. Exactly. In the well, hot main character, you know. Yes. And, yeah, hot teen actors reprising the role also. Oh, yeah. But... I, I just want to point out that I'm not, I was not laughing hysterically because the book sounds silly. It sounds like a book I would enjoy. I was laughing because of your delivery every single time you said aliens. It just, <laughs> it just sent me. <laughs> oh. 
don't know how to use alien in normal conversation normally. <laughs> you like give it this pregnant pause and then you're like, aliens. <laughs> Yikes. It's Story. good though. <laughs> oh my God. I honestly like, yeah, I probably would read that. And you know, I think it's so interesting that JLA and Meg Cabot, like it's good that we're bringing up these titles that are backlist because a you can get them on Libby or whatever without a wait b like the entire series is finished you can go binge it Mm -hmm. and c these are authors and books that no one is talking about like Mm -hmm. on book talk or whatever so if you're sick of hearing about the same 12 books over and over like here's something fresh and different and right still fun I don't know exactly no I agree okay let me hop off my little soapbox. Um, <laughs> All right. What are you currently reading? So currently I am reading the second book in the boy series by Meg Cabot, but um, that one I could only get through Libby on audio, unfortunately. So I'm listening to the email mm. correspondence. <laughs> um, but okay. What I'm physically reading right now is the book Establishing Home by Jean Stouffer. So this is a little bit of a different route than we normally take because this is nonfiction. It's an interior design book, but it's also kind mm-hmm. of autobiographical. Um, and if you have the Magnolia Network or you have Discovery Plus um, subscription, then you can watch The Established Home. So that's obviously the pairing is like watch the show and read the book. Um, so the established home is how I got introduced to Jean Stouffer. Her and her daughter, Grace, and her son, I think his name is Dave, um, work on these projects, but she lives in Michigan. So they get like actually all four seasons, which being in Texas, you never see that. <laughs> and um, they work on these usually pretty historic houses. And her style is so different from anything I've ever seen. It's like, very British design and it's just so interesting to watch how she approaches these projects and then also like money is no object like they don't Mm. talk about budget on this show this is not one of those like trading spaces or something like that it's like you watch her like transform this property that was probably a million dollars when they purchased it and like it's incredible and it's also interesting because she it's like we're following someone who has their own show and their own like empire basically like she has a store a book you know she'll probably have a line at target at some point but she is later in life like she has grandchildren she has five children she waited to kind of really get into her design career and now it's blowing up and she's I think in her she might be late 50s early 60s somewhere in there oh wow So that's kind of where like the established home is because she is more mature. Anyway, just all of that to say, I think it's really cool that it's not some young 20 something who is just figuring things out and it's not like your typical HGTV show. It's right. No, that sounds amazing. What are you reading? I am reading another book by JLA, which this one is. Um, I'm in an online book club and we are reading this trilogy together but it's this one is new adult Um, all the characters are college age 22 
23-ish. Um, it's about Faye. The main character's name is Ivy, and she is part of this secret society called Order. And the role of the Order is to police the Fae in the human world. Um, so somehow the Fae are kind of like sneaking in from the other world. It's the job of the Order to like hunt them down and send them back. And there is a love interest. She meets somebody else in the Order named Ren. But he's part of like a super secret sect within the Order. So he knows like she's kind of uh, she learns that she's kind of been blindly following the leaders of the Order. And then when she meets this other person, they start to uncover like, well, maybe it's not what we've always been told. And this is something you the Order you get marked at marked for at birth. So her parents were order members and they've all just kind of like passed this down. And so they kind of learn like, well, maybe the truth that we've been told is not actually the truth about the Fae. She's sort of uh, has this internal struggle through the whole book of how to, you know, these these uh, leadership figures that she's been trusting her entire life. How can she trust them? And her parents died when she was younger. So she's kind of been on her own. But I'm only about halfway through the second book. So I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Um, but it's really good. I, again, I love JLA. I would read anything that she writes. All of her books are interesting. They keep you hooked. Um, so far I love it. Um, it's a different take on the Fae than you normally see. So I feel like all the Fae books lately are like, oh, these really hot fairies. And this is like, no, these are actually like the little evil creatures from original folklore, you know, or are they? Yeah, we'll see. They turn hot. They get a makeover where they take off their glasses and then suddenly they're hot. That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's really good so far. It's another paranormal. Um, it's it, like I said, it's new adults. So they're college age. So you're not reading about going to the cafeteria and going to science class, you know, which I love a good YA novel. But usually once I finish it, I'm kind of like, OK, that was a long time ago for me. <laughs> Yeah. You start feeling all of your muscles and bones ache and you're like, uh-huh. yeah. I'm almost 30. God. All right. So what do you have up next on your shelf? All right. So I've got book number three of this series. It's called Every Boy's Got One by Meg Cavett. And I'm assuming yeah. it'll be like another uh character that's been like a B plot character all this time will become mm. the main character for the third book. And then add these to my list. Yeah. And then also I started her Heather Wells series a long time ago and didn't finish it, but it was hilarious and it was great on audio. Um, so the last book is called the bride war size 12. (laughs) It's like the first one size 12 is not fat. The second one is Mm -hmm. size 14 is not fat either. And the whole thing was like the main character is a former pop star. And now she's like a normal person and um she's like the average American woman is a size 12 like I'm not fat but people compare her to her like previous teenage pop star self Mm. but it's so funny and it's also set in Manhattan Meg Cabot lived in Manhattan when she was in her 20s writing all of these and so I feel like you would have a special appreciation for all of her old stuff but anyway I think I would too I love any novel set in Manhattan about like a young single um like working girl yeah it's very parallel exactly for sure what about you what are you reading next all right up next for me is 
One Italian Summer by Rebecca Sarl. We've got a little. Talk. Sh- Did you read In Five Years? No. Her you other novel. You loved it. I did love it. It made me cry. I can tell that this one is going to make me cry as well. Have you read it? You I read, read it. In summer. And I, I listened to it on audio because Lauren Graham narrates. Oh. I don't know if I would like in five years because I personally like reading is an escape. And so if I'm reading something that makes me feel and makes me like really have to think about morally right and wrong, then I'm just like, this is no longer fun. Yeah, that one was intense. It kind of hit in a in a tender spot. Especially me. being like newly married. I feel like one Italian summer really delves into some like marriage topics that are really heavy where you're just like, oh, hope that's well, never me. Gee. For those of us that have not read this one. Yeah um the just the inside of the dust jacket um it reads that katie when her mother dies she's obviously left kind of anchorless and um it says carol wasn't just katie's mom but her best friend and first phone call and that's the relationship i have with my mom too (sighs) but um they had a mother-daughter trip planned and katie decides to take it without her but then whenever she gets there, she sees her mom in the flesh at 30 years old and she doesn't understand what's happening or how it's happening. But over the course of her time in Italy, um, she gets to know this younger version of her mom. And th- that's all I know is from the dust jacket. Um, I do know from in five years, Rebecca Sarl also wrote like a kind of mystical type approach to that book as well like she the the main character in that book woke up in five years and she spent an hour in the future before coming back and then over the next five years you watch her as she kind of um, untangles like what exactly was happening during that hour Um, so this seems kind of similar to that and I am excited to read it but I think I also have to wait until I'm in the mood to cry (laughs) Um, because anything where the mom dies, I'm just beside myself. So like, I think I put something on the story pairings, like Instagram story about reading this book on audio. And I was Mm -hmm. like, sense of place was like five stars. You're going to want limoncello. You're going to want gelato. You're going to want to buy like a whole wardrobe and book a trip to Italy. Like she does that part so well. And you're probably honestly going to have a hard time choosing a pairing when it comes time to do it. But I think a lot of people have problems with that book because she never, she leaves a lot of questions and a lot of Mm. loose ends where you're just like, are you serious? You're never going to explain yourself. Okay. But yeah, just report back when you're done and it'll be a fun ride. That immersive experience um, that you talk about she did the same thing within five years, but it's in Manhattan. And so the way that she writes it, I'm just like, yeah, this feels like it could be my life basically. Like this is actually how it feels to be in Manhattan on the day to day. So um, the, the quote at the beginning of one Italian summer is a, a pull from Lorelai Gilmore. So I think that's I'm really going to like this one. That's why they got Lauren Graham to do it. That makes more sense. Got it's it. Mother daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. So it all runs parallel. It's really cool. 
You know, I have been rewatching Gilmore Girls too. So that's probably a good time to read this. Yeah. Will I pair it with Gilmore Girls? We will find out. You can pair anything with Gilmore Girls. You can. All right. So what are we talking about today? We are uh, solidly into February now. It's February 2nd. So let's get our minds and our hearts ready for love. Uh, Also, The Bachelor started back this week. So I'm in a romantic mood. So we're going to talk about our favorite romance and chick flick, uh, I guess chick lit kind of books Mm -hmm. for February. I like it. Are you ready to kick us off? Sure, I'll kick us off. I don't read a whole lot of chiclet. I do love, you know, Emily Henry, who doesn't. Um, but I'm going to start us off with love in other words. Because Aww. you know I read this last weekend because I was in the mood to cry. Yeah. And so I read this book and I cried. Um, have you read this one yet? No, I've only read one of her books and I really liked it. And I need to get my hands on a copy of that. Yeah, read love in other words. I mean, look at all these like cabbies. Yeah, wow. Cabs. Um, I, gosh, it's hard for me to talk about this one. I love it so much. Um, so this book is told in in two dueling um timelines. So it goes back and forth. And one is when um the main character Macy, she's ten years old, and her mom just died. And her mom had left behind um, kind of all these letters and lists for her dad of like how to raise a girl, basically. And one of the things was whenever you can see that she's starting to get really beat down by her day to day, you know, the girls at school and her and her school work and her extracurriculars create a haven that you guys can escape to on the weekends. And so this led to them buying a house. Um they live primarily in Berkeley. And so this is like Northern California. I think that they kind of go out, um, you know, out of the city and buy a house and it ends up being right next door to Elliot's family. And so they meet when they're about 11 or 12, something like that. And they both love to read and they both love words, Elliot in particular. And so the timeline that's occurring in the past is watching Elliot and Macy grow up together over the weekends and the summers. Um, They end up falling in love. They're each other's first love in high school. And then the current, the other timeline is current present day where Macy and Elliot are actually no longer in communication and they've gone 11 years without speaking and they run into each other in a coffee shop. And so the timelines, you know, the current time, current day timeline, like, you know, there was something big that happened, but you're learning what's happening through the throwback timeline as it's like creeping closer to what happened 11 years ago um, that caused them to lose touch. But this book is so sweet. The love that Elliot has for Macy is just hard to talk about. (laughs) Like, I know it's a book. Um, But like, for example, when they run into each other in the coffee shop and Elliot was like, Macy, is that you? Like, I've been looking for you for 11 years. And she sort of like bolts, like she freaks out and she just bolts. And he like, I mean, it's present day. He figures out where she works and he shows up at work and he tells her that he broke up with his girlfriend last night. And like, all it took was him seeing Macy one time in a coffee shop. And he told her like, 
you're the love of my life. Like, it's not fair for me to keep dating this other girl. And she's like, we didn't even speak the other day. And he's like, I didn't have to. Oh my gosh. Doesn't that make you like, I don't know, have ridiculous standards. Then you're looking at your significant other and you're like, you won't even get up and like refill my coffee cup. And Elliot left his girlfriend for Macy. Oh, oh, well, I'm sure once again, the mundane day today, you know, um, anyways, this one is just a love story through and through. There's the love story between her and her dad. There's the love story between her and Elliot. There's obviously some conflict. There's also a really good love story of her and her best friend as well. So we love love. We love love in other words. Um, I can't wait to read that. I cannot wait. That's like a you, treat to unwrap. You, it is. It is like a treat to unwrap. Um, there's a lot of good like pull quotes in here too. Just like one-liners that just destroy your heart. All right, I'm done gushing. What do you have? Wait, I was going to ask you something about, oh, okay. So I just read People You Meet on Vacation mm-hmm. while I was on vacation in January. And um, that sounds similar where it's like, you know, something happened between Poppy and Alex, but you don't know what it is. And you're seeing it in these flashbacks of like, whatever. Yeah. It's it's very similar. Yes. Similar but, concept. Yeah. Told very differently, but interesting. Okay. Well, I chose a modern day classic for my I love love pick. Um, I feel like you just can't have romance. You can't have Valentine's without this author's name being thrown out there. Think early 2000s. Can you take a guess who I'm talking about? Early 2000s? Many movies made based on this author's books. Nicholas Sparks. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's almost too obvious. Classic. <laughs> okay. So hear me out. Hear me out. So I feel like lots of people have seen the movie, The Notebook, but they never read the book. Right. And they are very different. Like they are very different. They're similar in, I mean, a lot of ways. And I love the movie adaptation. I would say like, that is a great movie, but the book is so amazing on its own. Like it definitely stands on its own merit. And so if you have not read the book, the notebook, you should go get a copy. It's so good. Let's get into it. So yes, I would say read the notebook. If you've only ever seen the movie, the movie was great on its own. Um, The book is a different story, but The Notebook by Nicholas Sparks, it gets a lot of heat on Goodreads where people rate it low. Um, And I think that's for two reasons. Well, maybe three reasons. One, it was written in a different time. So like he wrote this book in, I want to say the early 2000s. Let me see. Yeah, the year 2000. Okay. Uh So this is 22 years ago. So you need to keep that in mind when you're picking it up. Absolutely. Like people's expectation, if it says romance or like this is romantic, is that it's going to be spicy these days. It is not that. There is like one sex scene. It is set in like, oh gosh, I think the 1940s or something. Mm -hmm. People were not knocking boots back then, like before marriage. That just was not a thing. Correct. Birth control was not a thing. So that, first of all, is like part of it. They weren't just doing it willy nilly. Okay. Got that out of the out of the way. Thirdly, people are always saying like, oh, it didn't make me cry. I didn't need to reach for the tissues. And it's because people are hyping it up so hard. Like, oh, you need to read this. It's the best book ever. It'll make you cry. 
And then people are coming into it with like a, I guess like a cynical attitude where they're just like, this is so saccharine. This is so sweet and unbelievable. And so I would say like, take all of those preconceived notions of what you think it is and throw them aside and then open the book and read it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, this is set in a different time period and it is a beautiful love story. And yes, it is a little bit over the top, but also, I I mean, people used to write love letters to each other. People used to right. be sentimental. As I'm getting older, and I see this through the lens of, you know, like my parents aging and my mm-hmm. grandparents aging. I still have all four of my grandparents and they are in their 80s and they are all still married <laughs> to their original spouses. And like my grandfather has dementia. And so seeing this story of a man who is loving and loving his spouse as they have cognitive decline and cannot love him back and cannot even remember who he is and cannot take care of themselves anymore. And he's still like, he says like he remembers every second of their life together and he's holding on to like all of the good stuff. And it's also written through that lens of like, he's looking back on their life together. And so, yeah, there he's going to be looking through rose colored glasses a little bit. Like, right. that the beautiful love story we all want to have where you marry one person. And at the end of your life, if you could no longer care for yourself, they are so committed to you and still in love with you. Right. Like, that is so beautiful. And so people who don't like this book, fair enough, you can like it or don't like it. But if you've never read the book, I would say give it a shot at least once. You can always DNF if it's not your thing. Personally, I think that it's beautiful. Um, I agree. And it's also, um, it's, you know, like you said, it's this very like overly sweet almost love story. But at the same time, it's a very real love story. It's two people that are in their 80s like you said dementia about to die and it's like they have this beautiful life to look back on so yeah he's not like a hot fake killer that like came in with the dagger and you're like oh you know so spicy he's so hot like it's a real story it's so sweet I love the book and I don't stand by everything that Nicholas Sparks has written. I am not a stan. I don't read every single thing of his. But I would say, like, this is a modern classic. People will still be reading this book 50 years from now. Agreed. So, yeah, I agree. For historical purposes, at least. Give it a shot once. And then I would say flip side of that, not to kind of, sorry, I'm like talking forever. But um, A Walk to Remember is his other book that I would say... If you've only seen the movie, never read the book, it's set in 1958. Again, different time, simpler time, but like an incredible, sweet, sweet, pure, innocent, wholesome, Mm -hmm. just wonderful love story. So those are my two cents. I do love A Walk to Remember. And Mandy Um, Moore in that movie. Amazing. Spot on. Iconic. No, those two are, I mean, perfect for February. I don't know if it gets any more iconic than Nicholas Sparks in The Notebook. Um, but read the book, don't watch the movie. Or do both. Yeah, that would be the perfect pairing. Is you know, if you were to finish the book and then like maybe take a day or two to reset your brain and then watch the movie, have like popcorn, little hearts on your PJs, whatever you want to do for Valentine's movie night. I love it. 
Okay, so my next book for uh, I Love Love February. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I like that. Okay, I Love Love February. Okay, have you read You Deserve Each Other by uh, Sarah Hogel? No. Okay, this one's cute. It's um, it's one of those like modern romances where the cover is like bright with the cartoon characters. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. It's not smutty. I want to say there's maybe like like I don't know. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of like sex in it. Um, but the book is there's this couple. There's uh, Naomi and Nicholas, and they are engaged. And it opens up. Uh, the prologue is their very first date, and she's just like, "Oh, is he going to kiss me? He's going to kiss her." They were at a drive-in movie and the prologue ends with like, this is the most perfect day. And then chapter one opens with, this is the most horrible day. And it's a, it's a year and a half in the future. And on paper, they're the perfect couple. He opens the door for, for her. He remembers like her favorite food from their takeout restaurants. He's like an upstanding man, um, but she can't stand him. Like they never fight. Um, they kind of entered these kind of molds to be the person they think that they should be for the other person. Um, so they're living together, they're engaged. She doesn't want to be engaged anymore, but there's a catch here. And that is whoever calls off the engagement has to foot the bill for the non-refundable wedding that they've been planning. Oh my God. And his mom is the kind of person who like butts in and she ordered like ice sculptures of swans and like monogram napkins. Like it's an expensive wedding that you would have to foot the bill by yourself. And so in response to this, they kind of engage in this all out warfare, trying to get the other person to be the one to call off the wedding mm-hmm. um so they're they're doing pranks on each other they're sabotaging each other like this all-out warfare but through that they are they start acting like normal people you know fun people they're not trying to like hold these molds of themselves for the other person and so they end up having fun um so it's like a lovers to enemies back to lovers um but it's really really cute it is very cute, very fun, very surface level. You're not going to cry. Um, but I actually like this one and I've read it more than once because it's such a cute little palate cleanser. And it's funny too, like laugh out loud funny. Um, I think you would really like this one. You should read it. That sounds right up my alley. It's like, what a fun concept. That sounds great. I already added it to my TBR. It has 3.95 stars on Goodreads, which is pretty good. That is pretty good. People are fickle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they sure are. So the next book, we are going to spice it up just a little bit. And I feel like you're going to agree with me on this one. In fact, you probably know what book I'm about to bring up. It's a true romance, The Hating Game. Oh, I love this book. (laughs) So I was like, definitely Alex can just chime in with me on this one. Um, (laughs) Again, I haven't loved everything I've read by Sally Thorne, but this book, and at first I wasn't sure. Like, if you've never read this book, when you go into it, you're going to be like, this level of hate, I'm not sure where we're going. And I'm not sure that I'm going to like either of these characters because they're so intense. But as you get into it, you're like, all right, yes, 
yes, I'm along for the ride. Um, I'm very invested. So the two main characters are um, Lucy and Joshua, and they both work at this publishing company that has been through a merger. And so they were kind of from different companies, and now they're in the same office, kind of doing the same role. Um, and they're very competitive with each other and they mess with each other and they're like really messing with each other's heads. And um, like everyone is kind of fighting for dominance inside of this publishing house. And so they're each trying to help their bosses be the one that's more in charge. Her signature thing is she wears this like perfect red lipstick. Um, and so flamethrower. Yes, the shade is flamethrower. So if you're reading this and you feel like you want to be in the story, go put on your red lipstick and maybe like a little black dress and you're there. Um, but through the course of the book, obviously they start to gravitate towards each other. It's called the hating game, but obviously it's a hater, hate to, haters to lovers. What do you, enemies to haters to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> new trope you heard it here first don't let the haters get you down <laughs> okay <laughs> enemies to lovers um so they do start to gravitate towards each other um but some of my favorite scenes from this book are like the paintball scene or where she gets sick and he has to come take care of her oh I love this book so much and it is spicy. It's open door. And um, now there is also a movie starring Lucy Hale. And I feel like they cast that movie perfectly. It was true to the book. The movie was so good. Um, the movie is amazing. I have watched it over and over and over and over. They did such a good job with it. I've only seen it once, but I would watch it over and over. I feel like I can't watch it with my husband around because we only have one TV and he would just like hate every minute of his life while watching it. So I guess I don't have the opportunity or else I would watch it over and over. <laughs> also, I don't need him to see like Lucy Hale looking all cute. She's so cute in that movie. She's so be, like, cute. Avert your eyes. <laughs> this one is, um, this is, fun read it kind of reminds me I mean they, they're not similar plots or anything but it kind of reminds me of um you deserve each other it's just fun to read it's fun mm -hmm. and it's cute yeah but I would say like yeah put on your red lipstick grab a glass of wine that's all you need the handing game maybe like some new lingerie if you're into that for valentine's day mentionables is my favorite company um they have really high quality nice lingerie I like a pretty reasonable price point so I love the hating game you know this I've read it several times I'm probably gonna read it again soon because it's feeling like it's that time and every time I read it I do start coming into the office wearing lipstick and so I feel like people around me can like tell the seasons I mean, they don't know that I'm reading the book, obviously, but they're probably like, she's going through something like she's wearing a red lipstick again. <laughs> a sexy thing. Like the the morning after she has the dream about Joshua and she comes into the office in her little black dress and she's like, I know what you want. Like, uh -huh. oh, it's so good. <sighs> okay. Enough about that. Do you have another title? Um, I think... Anything that Emily Henry writes, honestly, is a good one. Um, my favorite is People We Meet on Vacation. I love Alex and Poppy. Of course. Um, Book Lovers is also amazing. 
I would say that Book Lovers is not in my top spot from Emily Henry because it was like holding up a mirror to my own life. And I did appreciate that level of self-examination. Wait, maybe that's why I loved it so much is because obviously I love you so much. And I was like, feels like I'm reading about Alex. No, because the book starts, uh, feels like I'm reading about Alex. (laughs) I feel like it's them. While I was reading that and I was like, at you? No, literally though. Because I I mean, I think almost everyone under the sun has read this book, but she opens it with being like, with saying, okay, so you know how in a Hallmark movie, like the the protagonist, the man like goes off to like a Christmas tree farm and falls in love with like the farmer's daughter and leaves like his ice queen princess girlfriend back in Manhattan. And I'm like, I'm the ice queen princess in Manhattan. (laughs) And she's always like, of course I love like my stilettos and a cappuccino more than I do like the date I went on last night. And I'm like, of course you do. And she's like, (laughs) she wears fancy underwear everywhere she goes. She's that girl. She like goes running, even though she's in the middle of nowhere because she's got to stay hot out here. Yeah, she's got Peloton. She works in the town. I mean, I was just like, wow. What is that? It's like that, uh, it's a Taylor Swift lyric where it's like, I'll stare directly in the sun, but never in the mirror. (gasps) Book Lovers was the mirror for me. Okay, I'm looking at Emily Henry's Goodreads now, and I would say, yes, Book Lovers is my number one, like, favorite book of hers. So really? that is so funny. I, I really liked People We Meet on Vacation, but um, it's also because I'm nothing like Poppy. So it was nice to read. And you do love to travel, and that book was like, I do love to that. travel. Yeah. Okay. All right. What else do you have for We Love Love? This is my last rec, um, but I'm going to throw a YA title in the mix. This is just really sweet. Um, And so if you're not in the mood for just really sweet love stories this time of year, I'm so sorry. Maybe we can do some Galentine's uh, recs later. But so to all the boys I've loved before by Jenny Han. Did you read those books? Yes. Yes, I did. It's almost like the older I got, like in my 20s, I was like, wait a second, this is so precious. This Mm -hmm. is like how I wish my high school experience had been. Like, Laura Jean Covey is just, she's precious. Like, she's adorable. And I feel like those movies were also perfectly executed. Yes. Um, Like the casting on point. Wait, what's her name? Lana Candor, right? Mm Mm-hmm the cutest human being I'm obsessed with her the way that they styled her was like a teenager I felt like it was all very age appropriate but she was so freaking cute and then obviously the love interest he was so adorable like Mm -hmm, would have been the guy mm -hmm. that I would just have died over in high school anyway so obviously the first book if you have been living under a rock um like Lara Jean has written all of these letters there are five of them to boys that she has been quote unquote in love with over her lifetime and she has them in a shoebox and her little sister sends them out um yeah big cringe I still cringe it kind of causes this tension because one of them was her older sister's boyfriend 
she really almost has a love triangle situation. There are two guys that she's interested in in the first story. And we're trying to figure out that weird dynamic between like her and her sister and her sister's boyfriend. Um, and she's the middle child. And so she's kind of overshadowed by the older sister and the younger sister, Kitty is like adorable and full of energy. And so she's getting a lot of attention. And I think, you know, that, that dynamic is explored and then also right. Jane Han is Asian and she writes Asian characters, which is so amazing. Uh, the Coveys are Korean. And so, and she's half, like her dad is white and her mom was Korean and then her mom passed away. And so the dad is trying to like keep these traditions alive and teach them about their background and their culture. So that is really sweet to see him like making the effort to keep that going, even though their mom is no longer there. And um, to see like the three daughters kind of trying to teach like the boyfriends about that stuff is cool too, because you know, mm -hmm. like Jenny Han is writing that knowing that a lot of her readers need that exposure. Um, and so it's just so cool to get to explore another culture and see that through the, the eyes of a teenage girl. But also, yeah, they're about love and they're very fun and silly and sweet. I loved the um the movies as well because they were very um like vibrant. Yes. Were, I don't know if it was like a filter they threw on the movie. I don't know, but it was I just remember being so vibrant and it was also very fun to watch. It was like um I don't know, a box of candy. Rainbow Yeah, candy. yeah. Just it's a really fun. good February. Yeah. But I did really like the books. The book was better. It always is, but also like you see Lara Jean making cookies in the movie but I don't think that they ever address that like in the book she's trying to make the perfect chocolate chip cookie and it's like an obsession mm -hmm. and so if you're pairing this with something make whatever the perfect chocolate chip cookie is to you if it's crispy if it's cakey like you do you but make your perfect chocolate chip cookie and enjoy it while you read these books you know the like internet thing I don't know the meme the internet thing where it's like by age 30 you should have like all of these things like a favorite pillow and like a favorite burner on the stove and you should also have like your signature dish or dessert mm -hmm. um I have my signature chocolate chip cookie that I have perfected over the years and I I was gonna say I should have to make them for you sometime but I don't think I could ship them but it's a it is a cross between a shortbread cookie with chocolate chunks and mm -hmm. sea salt on the top. And this has happened over years of like combining different recipes. It is the, it's the perfect cookie. I, and you like, I, I roll it in the dough into a log and then, um, dust on the edges, some brown sugar. So then the edges get like crispy and caramely. It's amazing. I haven't made them in a long time and lately I've been wanting to. So I think I will probably put on to all the boys I love before I make my cookies. If you are not going to make those and ship them to me, A, rude. <laughs> B, send me the recipe so I can try to make them. I can like FaceTime you and be like, am I doing it right? You know, that's not amazing. <laughs> but it's the one thing I can cook. I can't cook <laughs> anything else. You only need one. You can't thing. even like cook a bowl of cereal. Without... The list said you need one True. and you have one. So you win. I do have one. Do you have any other I love love titles? You know, I don't. I picked the cream of the crop to share. Okay. 
Yes, all very good recommendations. If you guys read any of these books, tag us on Instagram at story pairings in your Instagram story and we will definitely reshare. We would love to see what you're pairing your books with. You don't have to take our recommendations. So what are you guys doing to immerse yourselves in the story? And anything else that we want to plug or share? I can't think of anything. You can find me on Instagram at shelves in the city. You can find me on Instagram at story pairings with an S and we will see you in a couple weeks. Bye. That's it for this episode of story pairings. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at story pairings and we'll see you next week. I'm sorry. I have to keep going on mute to like burp, but it's because (laughs) I choked earlier on dinner like I choked so horribly that I have all of these like air bubbles in my dummy oh my gosh okay cut no. that out of the, out of no, the I'm gonna leave that in. we gotta be authentic I keep muting though because I like all right you know what <laughs> we're all friends here <laughs>